0: Crash is listening to us thinking, what the hell am I walking myself into? Robert Craddock, good morning. Honestly, this is the sports show, my friend. How are you? Good. I was just
1: thinking, <laughs> and a very slow news day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, What do you reckon? <laughs> oh, well,
0: each and every week, that bloody quiz crash, it causes us dramas, and it does again. But what has caused Dino and I a bit of drama is the Ashes squad. You're much closer to this than us. Um, we love our cricket. Have they got it right? And I say that because I I do feel a bit sorry for Cameron Bancroft, Crash.
1: Yeah, look, he he hadn't scored a test century from about 10 appearances. But look, he'd gone away and was the leading run scorer in the Sheffield Shield. Right on the cusp, right? Mm. He was. Matt Renshaw got him by a short half head in racing parlance. Renshaw was born in England. He was a Yorkshire uh, up, up the northern party, played on the outfield with Joe Root as a kid, and is very English in his way and in his batting and has a better test record than Bancroft. But it was a very, very tight call. And if, if you go in to bat for Bancroft on the basis that he was the leading run scorer in the Sheffield Shield, it's a solid argument. Yeah. And we won't know the truth of it for another three months.
0: I, I thought he might have got in ahead of Marcus Harris, Crash.
1: Yeah, well, Harris's cards were marked early Mm. as uh, a 30-year-old, but I I must admit I have never quite got the selectors' infatuation with Harris given he's played 14 tests for an average of 25. Now, 14 tests spans five series, Ray. Mm. It's a fair body of evidence. There's been good batsmen like Callum Ferguson who got one test and never played again, 14 for an average of 25. I'm the same as you. I thought Harris was was very fortunate. Bancroft can consider himself unlucky. Last time they went in 219, he got the last position. He just snuck in ahead of Joe Burns in the trial game. So he probably got one Ashes Tour, which he uh, was lucky to get. And he, he did fail on it, though, last time. And they did remember that. And there is a feeling that he's got a technique that goes very well in Sheffield Shield, but will be exposed in England.
2: Crash, is there a plan for David Warner or at his age and with his recent runabouts outside of Boxing Day, is it just a game-by-game game edict now for mm. yeah. David through England? It's as simple as this, Dean. They've chosen
1: the team for three tests, the World Test Championship against India at Old Trafford and the first two tests they will have a look at David Warner in that first test against India. Now, you may say, oh, hang on, they're using a kookaburra ball, which is a less pronounced seam. It'll do less. And the two English, two Indian seamers aren't Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a very, very clear uh, clear uh, trial match for, for Warner. If he can score oh, 40, I reckon he starts the ashes. If he, if he lost his off stump twice and made two and seven, I reckon his position would be in danger. But uh, I will say this, though. Mohammed Shami and Mohammed Siraj are really good swing bowlers. They are facing them under a leaden sky at the Oval. <laughs> Don't worry. That is a heck of a test for David Warner. If he comes through it, because his opposition is so modest, because Marcus Harris has done nothing and Renshaw's forms patchy, Warner sort of has to fall first up. Mm-hmm. So so you, you're not you're not looking at a young Michael Slater behind him or a young Matthew Hayden. So, in other words, they're really hoping he can just put the the grubbiest of 40s on the board at, at uh, the Oval, and then he starts the Ashes. If he fails in the Ashes the first two tests, that that may well be the end.
0: Mm, that's interesting. Well, I mentioned earlier to Dino, at least the Australians are going over. Obviously, the World Test Championship final is the reason, but they're going to get some game time in English conditions before the Ashes. I think we we're really exposed in India without having enough game time price. So that's one positive. Then we come up against an England side which has turned Test cricket on its head. Twelve matches under Brendan McCullum as their manager, Ben Stokes as their captain. They've won ten they lost one in the very last over in that New Zealand cliffhanger. This baseball, Ball, what is it about? Will it stand up to Ashes cricket? Where are England at at the moment, Crash?
1: Well, I I, I tell you what, they will come out with their broadswords waving. They are totally committed to this game plan, right? And they've got credit points in the bank. If it fails in the ashes, they can still say, oh, well, when we started, we'd won one of our previous 17 tests and we've won 10 out of 12. I mean, the worst they could do is lose a couple of tests and be Mm -hmm. 10 tests out of 15. I have to say, you know, you guys have seen a lot of sport. Have you ever seen a more stunning turnaround? Incredible. I haven't in any sport with the same personnel rate. Mm. When Ben Stokes was made English captain, there was one other certain selection in the team, Joe Root. <laughs> yeah. All other nine positions were up for grabs. And they've, they've, through this incredible philosophy of attack the day, don't regret anything, loosen yourself up, play with freedom, we'll back you. They're playing this stunningly Cavalier brand of cricket. And here's the thing. I'm finding in all these series, I'm cheering for England because I, wa- I reckon to watch. this is a way to <laughs> make Kess Cricket survive, Ray.
0: Yeah, it's great to watch. One thing I did want to run past you was a oh, one name, Jofra Archer.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's on the comeback trail. I, I, their plan is, I think, if, if he can go the journey to, because he's had a, a fractured elbow and he's been out and he came, uh, took more than a year out of the game. Um, to use him alternate tests with Mark Wood, Mm. their other speed machine. And that is a really good attack. I mean, uh, Ben Stokes said to me, give me eight fast bowlers. That's what we said to the selectors. He hasn't got eight, but he's got a pool of really five or six really good ones. Mm. Jimmy Anderson at age 41. Can you believe it? He's still there. Stuart Broad, age 36. Then you've got the very dependable Ollie Robinson, guys like Mark Wood, Archer, um, Wokes and these guys, but 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 they have got a decent attack. It, it's uh, and they will manage it. this five tests in seven weeks, so you have to rotate it. You just do,
2: Ray. And uh, even just talking about it, I'm feeling a real pulsey right now. You know, it's great.
0: It's exciting, here. Yeah.
2: Crash. I'm not so convinced that Baz Ball can stand up under pressure of an elite bowling brigade. Can it? Be as, or can they be as aggressive as they want to be against Stark, Hazelwood, Cummings and Lyon? At their best, I, I don't think they can be because when
1: Australia went over to England last time, they nearly won the series, Dean. And you know what one of their key game plans was? Cutting off the boundaries. They, they, they sort of said, we'll, we'll let you have a big cover drive there, but we'll put a man on the fence. And it's amazing how when you cut off the boundaries in England, if you keep them in check, you can buy them. It's incredible that we're seeing a sort of a role reversal. For 50 years, Australia's been the Cavalier attackers, haven't they? And we go, oh, the old conservative, old poms, nibble and nudge cricket and all that. So I think the teams will meet in the middle. And the bloke for me who could turn the whole series on its head is Travis Head. Because the Dukes ball they've been using after 30 overs, Ray, it's become very, very um, not doing much at all. And and I reckon if he comes in at, at three for 160, something like that, he could just tear them apart.
0: And Cameron Green, he is so vital. A fit Cameron Green coming in at six after Travis Head. He can score big runs. He bowls 140Ks plus. That gives us our fourth pace bowler. To me, Head and Green, almost the two most important players in our squad that could potentially win the Ashes for Australia.
1: When you think a lot of the guys, this is definitive time rate for this squad because they've never won the World Test Championship. They've never won the Ashes in England. Well, guess what? Hmm. Tick, tick. Here it is, guys. Here's your definitive moment for for a generation who've been playing for a decade, no less. You know, your Cumminsers, your Starks, your Hazelwoods, your Smiths. Your Lions. Yeah, Yeah. Lions. This is it right here in front of us. Your point about Green's a good one. I'd like to see him also part of the leadership group because he's a future captain mm. and we never plan ahead with our captains. And I know he's shy, they say, and he spends a lot of time in his room. That's as good enough reason for anything to say, mate, we want you sitting in on the leadership meetings because we think in time you'll be the first man through the gate. Yep. And anyway, I remember when all these guys were young, like Steve Wall was the shyest kid you've Alan ever Border. seen in your life. Alan oh, Border didn't want
0: leadership, did he? You know?
1: Did didn't want the leadership and yeah. sort of, you know, just had no interest. Steve Smith was a kid who couldn't get a date to the Alan Border Medal. Remember <laughs> that? Right, all those stories? <laughs> yeah. And they all get there eventually. And and Cameron Green will. Mm.
2: Crash, tell us about the Broncos, mm. mate. What is the vibe up there in Brisbane? I mean, is there a genuine excitement around this team? And yeah, in your opinion? Are they genuine premiership contenders?
1: Yeah, I think they are because where's the other super team? Okay, the Panthers are very, very good, aren't they? But, you know, I don't see the other... Like, they're they're not without flaws, but the best thing that happened to Brisbane was missing the finals last year after winning 13 games. If they'd have finished eighth and, say, won one final, they would have said, oh, yeah, that wasn't too bad, boys were getting there. No, they were... Filthy beyond yeah. belief. Yeah. So they stuck it up in the off-season they got in. And um, the other good thing that's happened to them, no doubt, is the Dolphins, this, this team encroaching on their turf. They have an acorn on their seat, and it's been the best thing for them. So uh, I'm loving Adam Reynolds. I have to say, uh, there was a story two weeks ago saying he wants to coach at Brisbane when he retires. And, Dean, can I ask you this? Have you ever seen a player... More suited to coaching post career. I haven't. I, I, of all the blokes, footballers and cricketers you've seen, I've never seen a guy more sensible, balanced, and and just a good thinker on the game.
2: That you thought, yeah, yeah, that that guy's a coach. That guy is a coach. I mean, it's, it's just going to happen, isn't it? Yeah, he's got a great demeanour. Hasn't he? Mm. Crash. Nothing seems to phase Adam Reynolds. Like I can't recall a moment when on the field or off the field where he's you know he's lost the plot or he's had a a, a hissy player. fit. Yeah. He's just so composed and. Clearly, he's got a wonderful football brain. But you're, you're right, Crash. I can't see how within two to three years after retiring, he'll be in some coaching capacity. And maybe five or six years down the track, it'll be at NRL level. Well, and if it is, waist- Crash, it might yeah. well be at South Sydney. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's been a wasteland, hasn't it? Like, I mean, who are the new coaches coming through? Yes, we get Sorrel, though. And, of course, there's Andrew Webster. But there's just... There's not a pool of them, is there? I mean, if I, I would. You, you, these players hang off every word Adam Reynolds said, and the whole move to him from South Sydney's been great for him. I think we knew. I know he grew up there. And he played his footy in the Laneways. That beautiful story you wrote in two thousand and eighteen, Dean. Um, but to get away to buy a property up here at Bunya, where his kids can run around, and the size of his house up here is as big as he, the size of his property when he used to live down Redfern Way. So, <laughs> but but but, and may I just say too that is a secret weapon of the Dolphins' recruitment. I'm telling you. You know, Mark Nichols bought a house, 774 square metres uh, for 800000 down uh, the Peninsula Way, uh, four bedrooms. Like, the, the Dolphins are up. I know they might miss out on Jack Whiten, but they living down there, all, all the players are loving it. Jeremy Marshall, King, and these guys, mm. where you can get a bit of bang for your buck with your dollars. Their wives are happy. Their kids are happy. So the players are happy.
0: It makes a massive difference. And, and the Cowboys, back in the winner's circle, so to speak, last night, sometimes crash. You've just got to win ugly, haven't you?
1: They have, but still unimpressive yeah, for mine. Yeah. I, 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 there's been a flatness about them this season. If you said one standout reason, they had a million guys involved in the World Cup for mm-hmm. different nations, and they let them off the leash a little bit, thinking, oh, they've had a big off-season, will be slow. And they haven't regained their rhythm since then. And, and it's so disappointing their attacks almost like they're running through treacle at times. It seems slow. And it was so good last year. So I know they beat Newcastle last night. But boy, oh boy, in front of a home crowd, they had to scrape every ounce out of what they had to get there. I'm still very concerned about their season. They're nowhere near what they were last season. I know they won last night. Yeah, good on them. But a lot of improvement left.
0: Yeah, it's bizarre. They were so good last year. Maybe that's the turning point. We'll wait and see. A lot of excitement about Queensland football at the moment. A lot of excitement about the Ashes coming up, Crash. We really appreciate you coming on and giving us and giving your take on the Ashes squad and the countdown's begun. Pleasure. Thanks
1: a lot, guys. Thanks, Crash. And-